When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could with stories I picked up along the way. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I take these questions and do my best to answer them. And today I hope uh, you hear a word of hope. I hope you hear a word about your own story and the kind of possibilities that God has for you in your search for identity. The great prayer of Ezra goes through every little detail of Israel's history, the ups and the downs, the great moments and the defeats, which is the story of every human life. We start out fairly innocently in life. We have some things given to us. We have uh, things given to us just by nature and by God and by our parents and those who care for us. And then we go through different phases of that life where we take advantage of our advantages, where we take uh, what we can and we enjoy what we can enjoy, where we can where we look to others for our identity. Eric Erickson, that famous sociologist that you probably have to read about in a textbook, um, coined the term identity crisis, that you have an identity crisis when you, as an adolescent, you look around at people around you, usually grown-ups, and you try to mirror them. You try to reflect them in yourself. I did this with the Philadelphia Flyers. I personified the Philadelphia Flyers as a teenager. I wore the jersey, I played hockey, I did a lot of things to be like my heroes on the Philadelphia Flyers. In my identity crisis, it's not really a crisis in that it's like something terrible, it's just a turning point. That's the origin of the word crisis, Uh, means turning point or point of decision. It's not always a bad thing to have an identity crisis, although now in English, crisis sounds pretty bad. We In midlife, we have our midlife crisis, or as John Mayer in his song said, some people have quarter-life crises, around 25, I guess, Uh, those that are expecting to live to 100. Um, So these identity crises, and Eric Erickson, um, as a sociologist, looked at human development so much because he was a scholar and because that was his research interest, but also because he uh, grew up as an orphan. Um, in an orphanage. His very name, Eric Erickson, was a name he made up. Uh, his last name is a made-up name. His name was Eric, and he he coined the name Erickson um, as sort of a father to himself in many ways. And so uh, this ident- search for identity that we have in our adolescence is what Ezra is describing in his prayer. This constant trying to adopt someone else's persona and then to try it on and see how it works and then try something else. And I think we see this in the, in the history of Revelation. John Calvin, who spent much time in the scriptures, he's often vilified today as a sort of a, I don't know, Trump cabinet member or something. <laughs> I don't know what people think of John Calvin. Like he ruined everything or some sort of uh, political thing that... Uh, you know, did not exist in the time period in which he lived, but he gets sort of read into modern life, um, mainly because of the Protestant work ethic that, uh, what's his name, another sociologist came up with, Max Weber, um, 
which really isn't true. Um, it doesn't make any sense when it comes to Calvinism or what people know as Calvinism today. But he was a student of the Bible, and he spent a lot of time reading the scriptures. And he said that uh, in, Re- in, the, in the history of Revelation, in the Old Testament and New Testament, as we see this relationship between God and God's people unfold, God baby talks to his children. Um, just like you and I baby talk to the babies around us, even the babies we pass in the street, we do silly things with, uh, or at least I do, because I want them to know that I'm a fun adult. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of the fun ones. Uh, and we say goo goo, gaga. We try to get a reaction out of them in the language that they speak rather than the language that we speak. There's always some hack, usually a man, that comes along and says, you should never talk baby talk to kids. You know, you should only talk to them like grown-ups. And that way they'll develop conversational skills earlier and they'll, they'll make more money and get better jobs and whatever they're trying to attain for this child. But the truth is babies need baby talk. That's the way we show love to them. And so the relationship between God and God's people is baby talk in the early days. It's real simple. It's all about that connect connection and relationship. And then in the adolescent state is what we have here in this prayer of Ezra, this constant turning away and trying on new identities, new personas, a search for an identity, when in fact the identity was given to them a long time ago. I think it's true for us today, uh, for us that are, I think all of us are grown-ups here, um, that our identity that we actually adopt in the end or the one that we feel most comfortable with, or we get to a certain age where we say, that's it. I'm not going through any more changes. This is who I am. Like it, love it, or leave it. <laughs> or like it, or love it, or whatever we say. Um, this is who I am. Not in a terrible way, and maybe the worst parts of my personality I need to work on, but, but this is who I am. I'm a, this, this is who uh, I believe God has called me to be, this person, not somebody else. Um, and in that moment, uh, we, we often um, go back to that state of innocence in a really wonderful way. It's sort of a second childhood, not a second adolescence where we're trying to figure out who we are, but a second childhood where life is simple again. We are who we are. We can be ourselves in the light of God and in the light of the relationships around us. Isn't this what we want from relationships, from friendships, from love? This is what we want is to be ourselves have someone who listens to us just the way we are, as we are, not trying to conform us or contort us into something else. This is who we are in God. And it's often a very similar version to that person that we were when we were seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's the joy of life in God, of being ourselves. The old rabbi, I forget his name, Zoisima, I think it is, um, said, said, when I get to heaven, God is not going to ask, um, if I was Moses, were you Moses? God will not ask, were you Elijah? God will not ask, were you King David? God will ask, were you Zoisima? Were you yourself? Were you who I called you to be, who I made you to be? And as we read the prayer of Ezra in Nehemiah, this pleading, not only with God, saying, God, be faithful to us, but pleading with his people, on behalf of his people, saying, it's never too late to return to that childhood innocence. It's never too late to return to the covenant. We do have another chance here. That's what he's saying to his people. And as Christians, we read these texts and we say, ultimately, 
These are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That Jesus shows us that God is not just calling us into a relationship from a distance, but God is one of us. That the relationship between God and humans is forever intertwined and interfused and interrelated because God is one of us. God was born on this planet. God suffered on this planet. God died on this planet. And God rose from the dead on this planet. So there is no space between us and God anymore. That infinite distance has been bridged. And that is who we are. We have returned to that state of innocence, that state in the Garden of Eden with Jesus. Now we have a little ways to go still. And Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything we do in this world is to recreate that Garden of Eden, that state of innocence where humans and God live together in perfect harmony. And we live together with each other in perfect harmony as well. And Jesus offers that chance, offers that experience to us today through his, son, through his love and through his blood and through his resurrection. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.